Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas with family. You're getting ready for the New Year's. New Year's Eve is upon us tomorrow. And look, a lot has happened this year. A lot to be grateful for. A lot to reflect on. You know, and you know, I'm sure you spent some time on that on Christmas. Certainly once we get to- towards the end of the year, people start to think of- about that. And if you want to think about some of the best way you can spend your time before the end of the year, that's by going to our website and donating at txvalues.org, making an investment in faith, family, and freedom. And look, thousands of people this year did just that. They made an investment in our work. You know, the work we do at Texas Values, we get involved in court cases. We get involved primarily in legislative issues. We get involved in the media and education. We have this radio show on a weekly basis and we provide information to you. We keep you updated. You know, we're on the ground every day working on these issues. Our office is two blocks from the Capitol. And a lot's happened in a year just for our work and, and our issues, right? And, and the values that we care about in Texas, religious freedom, marriage and family, pro-life. And so, you know, we had a legislative session. We had a special session for our organization. We argued a case before the Texas Supreme Court. We won that round of the battle in in on that issue, the city of Houston lost on on what they were trying to force the Texas Supreme Court to do. And the case is not over, but we you know, had a, a large victory in that stage. But then the city of Houston tried to push this issue and, and get the U.S. Supreme Court to get involved and to reverse the Texas Supreme Court. They were unsuccessful at doing that. Our side prevailed. We represent two taxpayers from the city of Houston. And the case is about protecting a state law that says you can't use tax dollars to subsidize same-sex benefits. That law is still in place. It's never been struck down. There's actually a local law in Houston that says essentially the same thing. And we've had local government officials violating that for several years. And so a lot to talk about in, in, in this 20, 26 minutes or so about the year. But, you know, look, we're just coming off Christmas. You think about the blessings in our country and our state, certainly things that we're concerned about, certainly things that that need to be addressed. But, you know, being being able to spend some time with family, being able to reflect on our Savior, just the whole miracle, if you will, the, you know, the, the unmatched event of the birth of Christ is something that, even though it comes around every year, you know, it's something that taking that time to reflect, I'm, I hope you were able to do that. I hope you were able to take time with family and reflect on that and spend some time together with the food, the gift exchange. But, you know, look, there are people in our state, they've had a tough year, okay? When you think about what happened with Hurricane Harvey and, and other events, Sutherland Springs, um, it's a different year for them. And you can imagine, and maybe you can't, uh, but you can just maybe for a second or so think about what that might be like. To You know, and I was talking to someone earlier this week about this, to see what feels like, right, your total life on the curb, right? That's what people in the Houston area and Rockport and other parts along the coast experienced, where their house was flooded, sometimes for weeks, right? And then the water finally receded and they had to get everything out. You know, we spent some time with a family in the Houston area, very close to the area where I grew up, in the uh, east, northeast part of Houston, and their water was in their house for several weeks, uh, the mother at some point died um, through all of the process. And, you know, one of the uh, the brothers had to go to the emergency room. He was injured trying to get everything out of the house once all of that water receded, if you will. 
And so we were able to present to them a Bible for them to have in their family, with their family moving forward, as they you know try to piece things back together, if you will. And we just about ran out of space in the yard and in the curb for all the stuff that had to come out of the house that was ruined and had to be thrown away and discarded. And I, and I haven't checked in with them. I don't know if they're going to be able to rebuild the home once it's gutted. Uh, but boy, what a difficult scene and a lot for them to recover from. You know, the death of the mother, who I'm sure was a central part of their family, and the injury to one of the sons. I mean, and, and they were in, coming from different parts of the sit, this, uh, country. Uh, you know, some family members had moved to other parts of the country and not lived in that area. But, you know, that, and that's just one example. But there certainly have been a, a lot of things that have, you know, that have improved that people are thankful for. But you think about Sutherland Springs, some of the families that lost so many members of their family in such a tragic way, in, in such a sudden way. And, and on Sunday, you know, and what oftentimes we feel like is, you know, a place where we feel safe and protected, and we should. Let's not deviate from that but and start to feel like, oh, you can't even feel safe in a church. Certainly, people feel like they have to take certain measures to protect themselves and defend themselves. We get that. But my point is, you know, it's one of the few places where you might expect something like that to happen. So that can oftentimes kind of add to the magnitude of what happens. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, may not have had as much to exchange this year. And maybe they're still trying to get into their house or maybe they're in some, you know, location that they're not familiar with. And so if you've been able to do anything in some way, know that that there's benefit to that. And be grateful that you had an opportunity to help other people. But some people's lives are changed forever. You know, you can't, when a family member uh, passes away or is murdered, there's, there, you know, you have the memories, but they don't come back. You know, you have that thought of, you know, it's someday in heaven, we'll be together. But my point is a lot for people to adjust to. Uh, so while there have been a lot of good things that have happened over our state, there's been a lot of things to adjust to, to think about, and to really respond to. And so... Uh, be it, you know, be aware of that when you think about, you know, where we are as a state, where we are as a people, and where we are as Christians. You know, don't underestimate the value of being able to provide that that encouragement. If you haven't faced some of those struggles, and most of us haven't, you know, very just specific areas and specific incidents. And so, don't underestimate the value of being able to spread that encouragement to people and be there for them during a time of struggle. And you know, look, that's in part why we do the work we do. We know being able to have religious freedom, being able to have churches that thrive, that are able to minister to other people, having you know foster care and child protective services and adoption agencies where their religious liberty is protected so they can do things based on the gospel and their Christian beliefs. That's a law that we helped pass in the state of Texas this year that allows people of faith to do what they do best and to reach people that are in need, but to continue to still do it based on their religious beliefs. You know, and so, so much of the work that we do that we try to affect and, if you will, and protect religious liberty overall, we believe adds to a stronger environment where people don't hesitate to share the gospel. You know, one of the things when we, we went to several homes in the Houston area, I did some of that on my own. Our staff, we did that one day together. When we were there, we simply would ask them, is it okay if we pray for you before we leave? And, you know, you, if we live in a climate where religious freedom is attacked over and over, you know, you can be led to believe that people are less likely to do that. They're afraid someone's going to get upset or offended. God forbid somebody try to sue them for doing that because we've seen these examples happen. 
I do believe overall our work on the policy level, on the courts, on the, in the media, with this radio program and so on, through our social media, trying to inform people the value and the strength of religious liberty in our law and policy in our society leads them to feel more comfortable and free to believe and free to share their faith when oftentimes people need it the most. You know, they, you may think that happens a lot. You know, oh, well, people get asked to pray. All, you know, don't assume that. We, we don't know that. It may be one of the few times, and that may really help that person get through that moment and get through that recovery, knowing people are praying for them. I know I've experienced it myself, you know, where, where I've had a struggle, and someone's like, hey, can I pray for you? And that moment can be very important. And I believe that's a big part of why we do what we do and the impact that we can have at Texas Value. So you can donate to us on our website, txvalues.org. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so your donation is tax deductible um, to the fullest extent of the law. You know, our budget is about 725000 So just to tell you a little bit, of, let, let's take things back, right? Let, let's do an end-of-year review, right? What's the top 10 list? for the 2017 for Texas Values. I'm going to take it even deeper, okay? Because Texas Values, we're, we're celebrating five years this year. So what are some of the 10 biggest things that have happened in the past five years and some of the work we care about in Texas? Well, you'll remember uh, in 2015, we passed a law that protects pastors when it comes to decisions related to marriage, right? For them to not be forced to perform or be involved in ceremonies that go against their beliefs. That's a pastor protection law. That was in 2015. In, in the three legislative sessions that Texas Values has been around, we have been either the main group or a part of the central coalition to pass religious liberty laws in all three legislative sessions, 2013, 15, and 17. So in 2013, we passed the Merry Christmas law. I'm sure if you haven't heard about that, um, you know we've been talking about a lot. MerryChristmasTexas.com is the website. Do we need a law to protect the discussion in Chris, of Christmas in public schools? Well, it certainly seemed that way. We've seen a lot of conflicts on this issue. So we passed a one-page law that makes it clear that you can talk about Christmas, you can bring displays, you can bring gifts, that the school doesn't have to ban those things and overreact. There's a way to do it. And we have a law that outlines all of that. 2013, I drafted the law with the help of one other lawyer, and we got that through the legislative session. You remember about this time last year, we had this conflict come up where a school teacher wanted to post a poster of Charlie Brown's Christmas, a depiction of that. And she had a quote from Linus that included the word Christ. And the school tried to make her take it down. They did. They told her to take it down. She took it down. We tried to reason with the school district. They wouldn't listen. We had to go to court. Attorney General's office came in and helped us. And we we won that case in court. And it was a very brief court case. Uh, it only lasted, I don't know, maybe 30 days or so. But the conflict um, was kind of over and started and over within a week. And thankfully for that, uh, on that issue, so religious freedom would thrive. So Deidre Shannon put her Charlie Brown Christmas poster back up during after we won that court case the following day. And she did that again this year. She put it back up with uh, no trouble that we're aware of. And so you heard me talk about that in the intro, though, two court decisions that we've been involved in. One, the only court case we're involved in right now, because we don't aim to work on a lot of court cases, but we've got that ability and so we'll get involved in some. One of the lawyers that's working with us on this case that's a part of our team, he's been a part of our team for a couple of years, he clerked on the U.S. Supreme Court for the late Justice Scalia. He served as the Solicitor General of the state of Texas. The guy is a genius. I mean, he's brilliant. In strategy, he's great. He's one of the finest First Amendment lawyers in the country. 
bar none, okay? And so we bring the best to the table, and we're very proud of that. So I, you know, I like to give a little bit more detail about him because, you know, it's hard to find people like that and to be able to afford to have them a part of your team. Uh, but we found a way to do that, and his work and involvement with us for us is extremely valuable, not only to us, but to the issues. So he argued this case on our behalf. We, I was there at the lawyer's table assisting him as well at the Texas Supreme Court. I will never forget that. So within the same year, we won a battle at the Texas Supreme Court on this issue to not use tax dollars to subsidize same-sex benefits. That's a state law we have. It's a local law in Houston. The city of Houston is violating that law. You remember, this was the same. It started this conflict with the same mayor that subpoenaed the sermons of pastors. Okay, the same bad actor started this conflict. And so we're trying to hold this elected official accountable. And the new mayor, if you will, Sylvester Turner, has continued to advocate for this position to violate state and local law on the issues as well. And they continue to lose the court battles that we've had at the Texas Supreme Court and then at the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court refused to review that case, thankfully. And so you can see all this on our website, txvalues.org. So that all happened this year. Um, Some major phases of that court case. But you remember in 2015, right? We're, We're looking back on five years of Texas Values, celebrating our fifth year anniversary as we wrap up this year. But in 2015, we helped with this ballot issue to prevent men from going into women's bathrooms with a new ordinance they had in Houston that would have done that and would have punished private businesses if they didn't allow that to happen. That was 6139 at the ballot. Huge victory that we were a part of. You, you hear me talk about Houston. I'm from there. A lot of friends and family there. So, you know, it was a little, there's a little more, uh, it meant a little more, if you will. I mean, it's hard for it to mean any more, but you see where I'm coming from, right? Knowing so many people there. Have, and so many of our supporters living there, the largest city in the state, just, you know, really just brought it to a whole nother level that um, is something that our team was a part of and a part of the success on that issue. But even going back to 2013, as I take a drink of my coffee, dramatic pause, House Bill 2 passed the pro-life omnibus bill in 2013. We were a part of that coalition to get that bill passed. And That prevented abortions after 20 weeks from being performed, regulations for abortion clinics, um, regulations regarding a medical use of abortion-causing drugs like RU486. Um, A few of those provisions were limited and struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court, but the law in primarily the majority of it is still in effect, which we're grateful for. We defeated the Fort Worth bathroom policy when they tried to follow Obama and allow boys and girls bathrooms. Not only that, but violating parental rights, not telling parents that their child was expressing a change on these issues and wanted to be called a different name. Can you imagine that? I mean, think about that. And I'm not making this up, okay? This was in 2016. Imagine your child at a public school telling administrators that he, who maybe his name is John, that he now wants to be called Jane, um, wants to change his sexuality, wants to go to a different bathroom, use a different locker room. Imagine him sharing that information with a government employee in a public school and them refusing to tell you, not only refusing to, but having a written policy that if they told parents, they'd be punished. I mean, the, the context of it, I think it's free to say, it's fair to say that you'd be fired if you were to do that. That's how egregious this policy was in Fort Worth. This is not California where this happened. 
This is in Fort Worth, Texas, Caltown. Okay, Tarrant County, big school district, eighty thousand students close to in that school district. Uh, the the I don't remember how long the policy was eight ten pages, and so shocking and not and on top of that they passed this new policy and I say passed they just put it into place there was no public discussion they didn't vote the school board didn't vote on it superintendent just said we're gonna do this behind closed doors so we helped expose it and parents were outraged I mean the line to get into that school board meeting the following week when this became public. We helped push the information out publicly, and it ended up being a national story. There were people wrapped around the building trying to get in there and testify against this, even though it wasn't even on the agenda. They went into the public comment section uh, when you get to kind of just sound off for any reason. So we ended up ended up getting that struck down, if you will, and, and, and changed and, and reversed, and uh, very big victory. And then the Freedom to Serve Children's Religious Liberty Law, that was this session where we pass a law to protect religious freedom when it comes to adoption and foster care agencies that are faith-based, like Catholic Charities, Buckner, Bethany, that have been doing this for decades, some for over 100 years. Why? Because in other parts of the country, you have people that are trying to sue these faith-based entities because they simply want to operate based on their beliefs when it comes to marriage, when it comes to innocent human life. They don't want to have to use their facilities and resources to to be forced in these contexts of adoption and foster care, to refer a girl, or I'm sorry, to have a facilitate a girl um, getting an abortion, and to place children in homes that go against their values. I mean, there are so many adoption and foster care agencies in the state of Texas, but faith-based groups make up 25% of them, and they weren't going to be able to operate anymore. They were getting sued in other places. Catholic charities had stopped providing these services in the greater Houston area and in other parts of this uh, country in those states because there had been litigation or threats of litigation in California, somewhere on the East Coast. So none of that's a concern now. We've got a law in place, and they have filed litigation against a law like this in Michigan, but there's not been litigation against Texas. You can only imagine that's probably going to happen at some point. We're ready, okay? (laughs) Let me just say that. We're ready. We're not asking them to do that, but we're ready if that— Battle comes to Texas, I guarantee you. So let's go to number nine on the top ten list of the past five years of Texas values accomplishment. The dismemberment abortion ban laws in place, that was passed in 2017 this year. You know, it's hard for me to describe it, too. Well, it's a, it's not pleasant to describe it. It's, it's difficult to describe it because it's so gruesome, the procedure, when you think about it. And so, you know, if you have children in the car and so on, I appreciate, you know, um, you want it, people wanting to be sensitive about those things. But when I say the word dismemberment, you can imagine what that's like, you know, what we're mean by that. And uh, the description of it, it, it is troubling. When you think about treating a human being that way in such a procedure, there's a reason why we should have a law that prevents this type of procedure. And we do. Now, that's been challenged in court. We were there in the courtroom uh watching what was happening, and the state of Texas has done a tremendous job of defending this law and really has made it clear. The the argument from the abortion side is that, you know, even though there are other procedures that they can do that are, if you will, that um, exercise and demonstrate a little bit more dignity and humanity, if you will, towards an unborn child, even though they're still ending the life of the child, 
they suggest that do, you know doing those are more difficult and there are all these other problems. But then there was testimony or, or uh, an exhibit that was presented where it appears the abortion industry has demonstrated that that's not the case. And so uh, it, it certainly appeared like they were caught in a lie or a contradictory statement, which was a very compelling moment at the end of the trial. So the trial court has ruled against the law for now. We'll see what happens at the appellate level. And then lastly, on top 10 list, several times where we've defended the expression of Christmas in public schools. Uh, and, and there's some particular incidents, but I mean, there's been so many where we've gotten phone calls where people have asked us, you know, oh, my school told me this. How do I deal with it? We send them to our website, MerryChristmasTexas.com. It's a whole project we've been involved in for now the fifth year since 2013, protecting Christmas in public schools based on the Merry Christmas law. But particularly uh, two incidents that in 2013, where Anderson High School tried to ban carolers that were students on their own time and off school property from doing that, we got that issue dealt with. And then also Frisco was trying to keep students from using red and green plates. And we got that issue resolved. I'm not kidding. Okay. They were telling the PTA sent out an email or some correspondence saying that red and green plates were not to be allowed at these winter or holiday parties. I, I don't remember that in the Bible saying that red and green is a religious color. Now, look, I understand those colors have now become so very associated with Christmas. But I mean... Is that where we are? I mean, we're spending time trying to ban certain colors. There's no reason to do that. And so we got that issue handled. And, and and that's what's troubling sometimes. They'll do these things and they'll say, oh, the law requires us to do this. You know, we're just trying to follow the law. I That's nowhere in state law. Okay. So if someone's informed you of that, they're, they're incorrect. And that's what happened in the Charlie Brown Christmas poster case. To go back to number three on our list for a second, the school district or some people from there were saying that the Merry Christmas law requires them, required them to take the Charlie Brown Christmas poster down from Deidre Shannon's door on her clinic door at the school in Colleen, Texas. And so, <laughs> you know, we, we were the main people that drafted that law. We're, we're quite certain that is not how the law is written, nor is that how it was intended. Um, and so that's why we do what we do. And that, that's our top 10 list for the past five years. But there's certainly been a lot going on this year that you can continue to see the return on your investment. TXValues.org is our website if you want to donate to us on this work. I mean, look, we've had some tremendous guests this year on this program, on our radio show. Okay, we had Todd Starnes, who was the keynote speaker of our gala, who's a Fox News national commentator and has his own radio show. We've had the attorney general. We've had the lieutenant governor. We had Franklin Graham. That was a lot of fun uh, to have someone of his national presence and his legacy. Uh, look, it's still podcast. You got If you want to hear a really just interesting moment, it's when he and I had the exchange about his father. And I asked him, what is it like and what was it like growing up as Billy Graham's son? Really interesting moment in an exchange. That's podcasted, if you didn't know that. If you listen to the Texas Values Report online, or if you listen to it live here on the bridge or on the website, you can go back to previous segments. It's on, it's on iTunes. Um, I forget what the um, the other podcasting entity entities are that we have where you can find our program, and I apologize for that. Um, our media people are SoundCloud. Thank you. That's the app that where we have our past programs podcasted. 
But that's something we started doing this year. Okay, and so you can go back to some of those really key moments in the heart of the legislative session. All the work we did on the Protect Privacy Act, even though the House refused to pass it, passed it several times in the Senate. And and here, Texas did not crumble. We're number one for business. What do you know? So anyway, just a a moment or so left. I hope you're looking forward to a new year. Uh, Look, a lot of challenging, interesting things have happened in our state. We've been right involved and at the center of some of the most important things that have happened. Advocating, standing up for, being a public voice, providing a comprehensive advocacy approach for faith, family, and freedom in Texas. That's what we're about. We are for Texas, we are in Texas, and we are focused on Texas. So when you support the work we do, it's for right here in Texas. It's for the Lone Star State. So go to txvalues.org and make your tax-deductible donation today and stand with us to protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And you'll hear from us again in 2018. God bless.